Are you wandering in the wilderness, or are you a voice in the wilderness? Welcome to Revival Cry. This is your host, Eric Miller. Isaiah 40 verse 3 says, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The goal of this program is to encourage you to use the voice God has given you and to make Jesus famous. Every week, we will share principles from the Word of God, interviews, and encouragement in order to strengthen your voice. Thank you for joining me today, and now here is today's program. Well, welcome everyone back to Revival Cry. This is Eric Miller. So grateful that you would choose to spend this time with us today. We've heard from so many of you say the Lord has been encouraging you. These words that we've been sharing, the messages have been helpful, and even some of the interviews as well. So thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening on Manga Radio, for taking your time. Remember that on Manga Radio, every Thursday evening from 6.30 p.m. to 7 p.m., you can hear Revival Cry, and also Saturday morning, 6.30 a.m. to 7 a.m. And if you miss it on the radio, you can always follow us and subscribe to our podcast, Revival Cry, and even watch us on our YouTube channel. So just type in Revival Cry, praise the Lord. This past weekend was so busy for us, and it was so encouraging. Since we've been back in the Philippines now for two months, working with many of our Fire School of Ministry graduates and others in our local church, the ministry that we've been a part of for many years. This past weekend was so awesome. I was asked to share at a youth gathering called Burn. This ministry is being led by some of our fire school graduates, and they have other youth leaders that they work with. So they did a collaboration of other churches and youth ministries coming together. And while we were ministering there, my son Jonathan and I, it was just great. The power of the Holy Spirit was clearly evident. Many of the young people were being touched by God and surrendering their lives to Jesus and receiving fresh baptisms in the Holy Spirit. And then the same day, our feeding program staff, maybe some of you know, we have a feeding program for the last 17 years. It's called Faith Promise Feeding Program, and we feed 120 kids every week. But we not only feed them physical food Monday through Friday, but we also give them the gospel. We reach out to their parents, to their families, and many of them come to our church and have been incorporated and being discipled as well. But during that same youth gathering, they set up a dental clinic. The dentist is, again, another fire school graduate named uh, Doc Ivy, and we're so grateful for all her hard work. And I think she saw 50, 60 plus patients. It was amazing. And they worked into the night. I was so blessed because, you know, the ministry is not about us. As leaders, it should not be our goal to center the ministry about us. It should be our goal to make sure that those who were discipling and mentoring, that our ceiling, 
becomes their floor. That's what good parents want to do for their children. We want our kids to take farther, to go farther in life than what we have. And so we always tell our kids that we love them and we want to set a high standard of representing Jesus and living holy and righteous and that the love of the Father would be in our home on all, all the time because we want our kids to take it farther. We want them to know Christ deeper. We want them to be able to do more for the kingdom, not because they're working harder than us necessarily, but because the grace of God settles in upon their lives and they sense Jesus is with them and they're so grateful for how God uses them in their life. I also believe our fruits as adults need to become seeds that are planted in the ground and become roots that produce fruits for the next generation. There's something that I have in my mind I want to share with you today. It's called Kingdom Parallels. Now, what is a parallel? If something has a parallel, it is similar to something else, but exists or happens in a different place or at a different time. If one thing parallels another, they happen to be at the same time or similar and are often seem to be connected. Events or situations happen at the same time or another or are similar to one another. So what does it mean to have kingdom parallels? You know, the events which take place on earth through the lives of believers should parallel what is happening in heaven. Remember what Jesus prayed when he was teaching us the, the famous Our Father in Matthew 6, verse 10. He, he said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, as it parallels in heaven. Even the tabernacle, uh, the, the temple that was built in Jerusalem, right? It was a replica of what the temple in heaven looks like. We read that in the book of Hebrews. We see that how God has designed for us to represent him on this earth, but we look like him. We're ambassadors. We're sons and daughters. We represent the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We should have parallels in our lives that look like what Jesus looks like and how he lived when he was here on this earth and even right now. Amen. You know, since we've been back, we've even noticed a lot of parallels taking place in our lives before we moved here 20 years ago. We moved to Davao City, Philippines in uh, January 2003 and now 20 years this January. And the amazing thing, we've just noticed a few things that look like when we first moved here. Uh, our calling. When I felt called, when my wife and I felt called to the Philippines, one of the reasons we felt called was Paul's Macedonian call, which we read in the book of Acts, where the, he has a vision of a man in Macedonia who pleads with him and says, come and help us. And Paul says, we immediately concluded that we are to go help. And so there's been many times in my life where I have sensed this Macedonian call, and God has used that scripture for us to come to Philippines and also for us to go to Japan when we started going to Japan a couple times a year in 2004 and every year since then. 
And then when we went to Italy this past September, we had a, a brother in the Lord who who knows us as missionaries, has even visited us here in the Philippines, and he had a dream in the middle of the night, and he just knew that God said to bring us over there to minister in Italy, in the island of Sicily. And he messaged me, would you be willing to come? I said, yes, I feel like it's the Lord. Again, because we've always had this Macedonian call uh, sense from the Lord. When we came back from that Italy trip back to Charlotte, North Carolina, we were picked up by friends at the airport who have been long-term prayer and financial supporters of our ministry, just good friends of ours. And we were going to stay with them. And in their house, they had a picture that I had given them over 15 years ago of a Filipino in tribal garb actually sticking out his hand saying, come to the Philippines and help us. And it was a picture of Paul's Macedonian call from a Filipino perspective. Well, they found that picture and put it in our room on the chair when we arrived from Italy. And when I saw it, I knew the Lord was saying, you're to go back to the Philippines. I looked up tickets for the next couple days. They were so incredibly expensive, but yet the Lord found, we found tickets and we bought our tickets. And then within two days, all restrictions for us to come back to the Philippines were lifted by the government. We didn't know the government was going to do that, but we obeyed the call of God. You see, kingdom parallels. When we're walking with Jesus in this world, and we're serving him in intimacy and and in the secret place. We're going to understand how to become a shadow on this earth to represent Jesus, the reality of who he is, right? There's been many other things I I don't really have time to get into, but I want to encourage you with this. Coming back to Davao City and seeing so many unique things as like what we saw in 2003 when we moved here. It's not only unique to us, but it's unique to those whom we're, we have discipled for many years that we've poured out our lives for, because now we're seeing them walking with God, hearing God on their own. And I don't know about you, but I have no greater joy as a parent and as a, a leader of some sort, a servant leader that sees people applying the things that we've taught them so that they can hear from God on their own and parallel what God is speaking for them to do. Now we're seeing people doing the things that we've done and actually they're doing it even better than what we've done. See that, what a joy, what an honor that is. I believe when we're focused on paralleling heaven and the life of Jesus Christ and his word, that he will do things in others to help multiply our efforts. We want Jesus to be the center of attention. I don't want to just be that leader everybody has to depend on. I want to teach them to depend upon Jesus. Of course, they can depend on us to a certain degree and level, but as our children grow up, we don't want to feed them forever. They got to learn how to do it on their own. They got to learn how to drive. They got to learn how to be responsible. They got to learn how to handle time and money properly. 
And see, as we release people as leaders by paralleling what we see in the life of Christ and what we see God leading us to do in this life, we're going to see our works multiplied. Maybe you're a pastor listening today. Maybe you're a missionary. Maybe you're a businessman. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. Whatever your position is, whatever your job is, friend, we are to walk with Jesus and parallel what he's doing in his word and what we're hearing from God ourselves. Amen. Many years ago, the scripture that the Lord gave us before we moved here was in Isaiah 58, 12. It says, your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age old foundations. You will be called a repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings, I love this because it says your people in other versions of the Bible says those from among you, your people, the one that you have planted seeds and watered those seeds and God has made to grow from those people is where your growth will come from. So there's certain things that God asked us to do initially and we thought we were going to see different fruit and we didn't see the fruit that we expected. But now 20 years later, we see the seeds that we've planted are bearing the fruit that we expected the seed to see originally, but God has chosen somebody else to bear fruit through. In the long run, their fruit is our fruit. Because when we don't make ministry, when we don't, you know, live this Christian life and make it about us and we make it about Jesus, we don't really care who gets the accolades. We don't care who gets the honor. We just want to make sure that it all goes to Jesus. Amen? We have a vision on our heart. We'd like to establish a dream center here in Agdow, Davao City. Many months ago, I was inspired by a brothers in the Lord, two businessmen that I met with last September, and they asked me a question, Eric, what is your dream? And then I told them my dream, and I thought, well, this is a little too big. I don't know if I should share this. But friend, a vision we know is from the Lord if it's bigger than us. <laughs> Because we can't make it happen. None of this that I'm going to tell you that we want to see happen can I make happen. Only the Holy Spirit can do it. We envision having a piece of property with a business center, offices, training facilities, maybe a call center there. We'd like to have uh, you know, job training for different types of uh, small businesses being established. We'd also like to have a, a multi-purpose building you know, where we have you know, basketball courts, where we have a church meeting there, where fire school ministry will meet there. Uh, where we can hold retreats and conferences. We want to train, we want to have agricultural projects behind those two buildings, being able to supply food and teach people how to uh, farm and, you know, live off of their own sustenance. All of this, it's such a huge vision. It's going to cost millions of pesos and it's bigger than what we are, but yet it's something I've had continuously that we want to call it the Agdow Dream Center, right here in Agdow, Davao City, where we have served for 20 years. As I said, we've had a feeding program here for 17 years. 
We've done so much evangelism, and this is a very poor area, and, and there's a lot of people here that have struggled and suffered for many years, but we want to feed kids. We want to clothe kids. We want to educate kids. We want them to be raised up as the next leaders in the Philippines and, and to the nations. See, I believe all things are possible if we trust God and his word. Amen? I know those of you listening today, maybe you have a dream. Maybe you have a vision. You have a plan. You want God to use you. Friend, I want to tell you, don't give up. Let this be an encouragement to you today to pioneer, to go out and do something that you've never done before. Maybe step out in faith. You know, if all the money is not there, that's okay. Be a man. Be a woman of prayer. Trust the Lord. Don't give up on those dreams. Give it to God. And say, Lord, show me what I need to do to fulfill what you've called me to do. Because he knows how to do it, my friend. We might make our plans, but God knows how to ordain our steps. We might have certain dreams. And sometimes I think the visions and dreams that God gives us are like a funnel. Embudo. When you have something like that, it narrows down as it gets to the smaller part of the funnel. And vision and dreams are like that sometimes. God shows us things, we see things, but we have to compare it to the Word of God. We've got to, you know, submit it to the Lord in prayer. We've got to, you know, ask other people and be challenged and grow in character sometimes before we see some of the vision and dreams that we have before they'll come to pass. And so in this dream center, I didn't tell our main administrator, Pauline, that we wanted to do this. And we were chatting through Facebook messengers some months ago. And I said, what is Agdal? When you think of Agdal, what do you think of? And this is what she said without knowing what was in her heart. Agdal is a land of broken dreams. People resort to living in Agdal because they're poor. Even when the area starts to progress, the people are still in a poor mindset. And with that mindset, they live off of whatever help they can get. She didn't know that God put it into my heart to say, we want to establish a dream center. We want to see dreams come back to life. In fact, I, I believe our our motto is going to be a Agdow Dream Center, a place where broken people are healed and forgotten dreams are revived. Amen? Would you agree with us and pray for us to see that come past? I believe it is going to come to pass. And I don't know how, but I just know that God is in control. In Romans 15, 13, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Since 2020, I believe the Lord has multiplied our ministry here in the Philippines. And he's done it through the ability, the talents of the Filipino leaders that we have served. And, and we're to be servant leaders. We're not to be controlling leaders. We're not to be dictators. We, we want to wash the feet of those that Jesus gave his life for. Whether they're poor, rich, it makes no difference. If God saves them, then they're qualified. And everybody's called to different aspects of leadership and responsibility in the body of Christ. But as a leader, we want to help people get into the role of what God's called them to be in. I believe 
The Lord wants us to multiply our efforts. The church continues to cry out for revival as a shortcut because we continue to ignore the mess of our broken marriages and families. Friend, if we're going to have kingdom parallels in our life, then our marriage needs to look like Jesus' relationship to his church. Our family needs to look like the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit relationship. You say, that's a big standard. Exactly. We were created in the image of God. We are to look like him. We are to talk like him, to think like him, act like him. Everything we do should parallel what we see in the Word of God and what we sense the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Amen? In Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30, is in some versions of the Bible, it's called the parable of the talents. And in the NIV version, it's called the parable of the bags of gold. It says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Twenty gave five bags of gold to another two bags, another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. You see, when I read that the other day, I thought about our Filipino leaders. There's nobody here that we saw that dug a hole in the ground and just said, well, I'll come back and, and do it when you know Eric returns from the U.S. because we were away, unable to come back here for almost three years. But what I saw is people who were given five bags of gold and two bags of gold, they put it to work. And coming back here, it's brought so much joy to us, not because they're making our ministry bigger, but because they are learning the value of responsibility. They are paralleling what they have seen us put into practice, and it is now their desire to expand the kingdom of heaven, not because they're doing it for notoriety, my friend, but because they're doing it all for love for Jesus. See, that's the motivation of why we do what we do. God doesn't want our head to be blown up so that we expect people to carry our bag and open our door and do all kinds of things for us. No. As leaders, we're called to serve. We're called to love. We're called to lay our lives down. We're called to represent the life of Christ, to parallel the life of Jesus before people. We're not there to, to lord over people right? But we're there to show them how Jesus would have served them himself. Amen? We're his ambassadors. That's what we're called to do. Verse 19, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrust me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done good and faithful servant. Isn't that what all of us want to hear? Is that that saying one day when we stand before God, he's going to say, well done for those who did not hide what God gave them to do, but they put it to work, even though maybe they couldn't do what somebody else was doing, but they did what was required of them to do. 
He says, you've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man with the two bags of gold also came. Master, he said. I would imagine they came to him with a smile, with a joy, with an expectation. They probably missed their master. They, they want him to be proud of them, that they've done what he asked them to do. You know, whenever my kids, my, my daughter, you know, Hannah this morning as I was spending time with God, the rest of the family was out. They were at the gym and they were doing the things that they needed to do. But Hannah was doing her chores and she's only 12 years old. She's taking care of the laundry. She's sweeping the house. And she wants to parallel what she sees her parents and what she sees her siblings do and other godly uh, mentors in her life and friends of our family. Hannah took initiative on her own to work hard. And because of that, she had a big smile on her face when everybody came back because everybody took notice. See, one day, friend, what you do in secret, Jesus is taking notice of. And he's going to reward you according to your faith. Amen. And then he says, I'm going to put you in charge of more things. Come share in your, happy, your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man. This is verse 24 harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and hid your goal in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. This guy has such a horrible attitude as compared to the other two. What if he had been faithful with that one bag of gold? Friend, I hope you're hearing this today because we tend to think, that it's the evil, wicked prostitutes and, you know, uh, evil politicians and people who live and sin, drug dealers and addicts and alcoholics and uh, homosexuals. And we talk about how bad they are. You know what this guy looks like to me? He looks like a religious Christian. He looks like someone who says, yeah, I'm a Christian, but you know what? I don't know when Jesus is coming back. And so I'm going to live the way that I want to. And then when I think Jesus is coming back, I'll dig up what he asked me to do. And then I'll present it to him. That's a dangerous way to think, my friend. We don't know the day or the hour that Jesus is coming back. And what are you going to do when he comes back and you're not ready? You see, I don't want to, I don't believe Jesus died for us just to go to heaven. I believe that Jesus died for us because he wants to use our lives and parallel our lives to his life to reveal to this world that he is so much alive today through those who represent him in his kingdom. You and I have such an opportunity to honor the Lord, to give him glory. We could never repay him back for what he has done for us, but I promise you this. If we will live surrendered lives and just simply do what he asks us to do, we will see the hand of God upon our life and receive great favor from the Lord. Amen. Listen to the end of this. And verse 26, his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I had not sown and gathered where I had not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him. He only had one bag and now he got it taken from him. And give it to the one who has 10 bags. So now the guy who has 10 has 11. For whoever has will be given more. 
and they will have an abundance. And whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside in the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't know about you, my friend, but it hurts my heart to know that there's people who are walking in disobedience to God and they're complaining. They're coveting what other people have. They're murmuring in their heart and they go to church every week, but they're not living a surrender life. They're not doing what God asked them to do. Don't complain against your leaders. Pray for them. Don't expect everybody to always understand all your situation, but trust God. Walk with him for yourself. Learn how to incline your ear to his voice. Surrender your will to the Holy Spirit. And I promise you, in God's word are all the answers that we need. It's possible, my friend, to live a surrendered life. I've seen God take the poorest of the poor and turn them into godly men and women that serve the Lord and are so rich in faith. You too can be rich in faith. Maybe you have lots of money and you're listening to me today, but you're not handling your wealth well. You're not giving it to the kingdom of heaven. You're keeping it for yourself. And you're saying, I worked hard for it and it's mine. Well, the Bible says to seek first the kingdom of heaven, friend. You can have a lot, but still not be blessed. Blessing is not measured by how much you have. It's measured by who you are in Christ. We're coming to the end of our show today. I want to encourage you, my friend. Surrender your will to the Lord. Live a kingdom paralleled life to the word of God and to heaven. Listen to the voice of the Lord. He knows how to guide you. He has dreams. He has plans for you. He has all kinds of opportunities that you can find out by serving him. Thank you for listening today. We look forward to being with you next week. Thank you for listening to Revival Cry with Eric Miller. To find out more, or partner with our missions work around the world, please visit us at revivalcry.org. I look forward to being with you next time.